Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by Craig Jones. Craig, it's a pleasure to have you on the show once again, and I hope all is well. Hi, Dan. Yeah, all good here. Uh, probably going to sound a little less optimistic than usual. Uh, Barnsley were beaten last night. Finally, their unbeaten run came to an end. Uh, we're still in the promotion race, though, and, and if you'd have gave me the playoffs at the start of the season, I'd have snapped your hands off. Um, but I'm really pleased the Premier League's back. I sort of found myself twiddling my thumbs to a certain extent on Saturday with nothing to do. Uh, and a big Manchester City v Liverpool clash on Saturday. So we're, we're back with a bang. Uh, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Last but certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I guess really you're probably glad, or actually not glad the Premier League's back with the news which has just <laughs> happened, which has broken about, I don't know, five or ten minutes ago. So do you want to fill the listeners in on that front? Yeah, um, Dan, you're definitely right. I'm, I'm definitely not happy about the return of Premier League football because it means that Tottenham Hotspur are back in my life. But uh, look, even during the international break, they're making headlines, um, searching for a new manager, of course, sacking Antonio Conte, just 16 months, the first club where he's not won a trophy. Then you look at the other situation at the club with our sporting director, Fabio Paratici. Last night, he did an interview, kind of really clarifying the situation Five minutes of, of really saying not a lot and uh, was a very poor interview. The following morning, he's banned for thir- like 20 months or so by FIFA. So, uh, yeah, it's just uh, another very normal day at, uh, at Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I, I don't know what else to say about this football club, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just very disappointing. Always, always good to let us down. Yeah, absolutely. But we've got some more Tottenham chats to come in a moment and plenty more. So before we do all of that, wherever you bet, check first freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? We can only go to the white half off North London as Antonio Conte has been moved on from N17. That's opened up the next Spurs manager market for next season. Craig, could Daniel Levy be tempted to call back Richo Pochettino or to 5-1? to one? Yeah, I mean, firstly, sort of, of the three of us on the podcast, I'm, I'm only really the outsider looking in and um, probably the one who can, can have no emotion attached to, especially Pochettino that we're going to get on to now. Personally speaking... It wouldn't surprise me if Spurs did go down this route, but I'm not really a fan of going back in, in sort of managerial terms and sometimes in player terms as well. I think he did a really good job. And sort of the bits that I see, and again, I'm, I'm only an outsider looking in, I get the feeling that Spurs fans look back on his time quite fondly and perhaps even more fondly since he's left. Um, he's a good manager and he deserves and will get a good job somewhere in Europe over the next few months. But I just get the feeling that Tottenham, if they bring him back in the summer, they're just sort of setting themselves up for bringing another manager in who's going to have fairly high expectations and sort of the inevitable disappointment that's going to come. You, you know, you, he's a good manager, but but do you want to set those expectations? The expectation was that Jose Mourinho would come in and finally do something with Tottenham. The expectation was that Antonio Conte would come in and finally do something with Tottenham. And bringing Pochettino back to me, someone who, who was looked upon quite fondly, in, in my opinion, you're sort of setting yourselves up again. 
Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they did it, but I personally hope they don't do it. Yeah, that's actually my statement, my sort of thoughts exactly, to be honest. I'm echoing what you say. So I'll move to Jamie, because Jamie, the favourite in the market is Julian Nagelsmann. The shock sacking by Bayern may have accelerated Conte's own downfall, but could the German mm. be the man to take the permanent place or to 5-4? to four? Yeah, well, look, for me, uh, this is my first choice without a doubt. I think he, he feels like kind of the perfect manager for Spurs, really. Um, he ticks a lot of boxes. You know, he plays kind of uh, very modern football, attacking football, which is what Spurs fans, we kind of like to pride ourselves on as a club. That's why it's been very difficult to watch Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte's teams. Obviously, you know, managers that often don't usually like to play with the ball. They like to kind of be more pragmatic and defensive. But Nagelsmann, definitely a guy who is who's more of an attacking manager. And that's something that Spurs want. He's a guy who kind of uh, promote younger players. We saw he did a very good job at Leipzig in, in developing players as well. So that's something very key at Spurs. Um, obviously, you know, a young kind of up and coming manager as well. Yes, of course, he is already a, a very big household name, even at the age of 35. But uh yeah, I, I think this would, would be a really good appointment for Spurs if you can get it. The problem is, can they manage to get this one over the line? I think the the, the big issue here is they're going to be able to, one, can they convince him to make that step down? Of course, going from Bayern to, to Spurs is a big step down. Then, of course, you know, is is, is that Real Madrid option going to come up? As, you know, for a, a long time, he's been linked with the Real Madrid job. They seem very interested in him. Of course, Carlo Ancelotti looks like he's going to leave at the end of the season. So that managerial spot will be kind of vacant. But look, he's, he's obviously just had a, a go at a very big club. He's kind of sit, worked with those personal, big personalities in the dressing room. It's looked like it probably hasn't worked out there. It seems like, again, you know, looking at his age 35, he's a lot of those players are kind of a similar age. And, and all guys won so much in the sport. Um, at Bayern Munich, the likes of Muller, Neuer, all those big names. So, you know, does he get that respect? And, and that's maybe why it didn't work. So th- there might be a case for him that he might want to make that step down. Of course, again, he's very young. He's going to have plenty of time to go manage Real Madrid. So this might be kind of a, a good stepping stone for him, Spurs. But again, you know, he might look at the, the situation the club is in. Um, obviously, a lot, kind of a really big re- rebuilding job. And, and maybe that's kind of where I think fans... I'm going to maybe be a bit more patient now with the next manager if it, if it is the right appointment as well. Um, I think, you know, we need to see kind of a direction of where the team is going for that patience to be given. But I think Spurs fans are kind of accepting we're not a team that are going to come straight away and, and win trophies. There's a big rebuilding job to be done. Um, and, you know, Will Nagelsmann want to take a, a big re- rebuilding job on. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how how we um you know we we're able to kind of get in but uh, I think with this one and, and given the price I, and as I said with those variables I mentioned with Real Madrid you know can they actually convince him to come I think at that price you you probably stay clear at the moment. Well, Craig, I guess the big question here is whether you want to be betting on a market this early because when you think about it, it's not going to be resolved till June at the earliest. Do you reckon there's going to be some fluctuation and is Nagelsmann the favourite because everyone's rushed into their bets early on? Yeah, I think that's definitely the case, Dan. Um... To me, he's his favourite because he's, he's the best manager available right now and Tottenham's probably the best job available right now. Um, but if we get to the end of the season and two or three other managers leave their positions, then they have to come into the fold for potentially being the next manager at Tottenham and that opens things up far more. The only way that I would have him as short as he is is if I knew that Spurs were going to sort of conduct their business before the end of the season have someone in place ready to go, but not actually take charge. The decision's being made for who's going to take charge the rest of the season. 
that doesn't necessarily mean that Spurs can't get this wrapped up in, let's say, the end of April, beginning of May, and just get someone ready, but don't actually come into the club until the end of the season, so they can have a bit of a fresh start. Um, I think the sort of Real Madrid job that Jamie's just mentioned is something that I've got on my notes as well. And, and if you're Tottenham, do you go all out now to try and get that wrapped up before other people get the, the sort of the look of Real Madrid and try and get that job as well? You know, does Spurs become... If, if Tottenham leave this till the summer and the Real Madrid job becomes available in, like I said, the start of June, does Tottenham become like the second prize as such? And, and will who will they miss out on? I don't know. The, it just... It just strikes me as a, a job that's not going to be solved until later down the line, but a betting market that's very focused on who's available right here, right now, and what's happened over the past couple of weeks. And, and th- those two don't match up. It could be that, that you know Spurs do appoint someone before the end of the season, but it could also be that this appointment comes at the end of June. And in that case, I get the feeling the managerial sort of landscape will look very different at the end of June than what it does now. Now, Jamie, just a quick word about Christian Stellini, who takes over in the interim between now and the end of the season. Do you reckon there's still going to be the after-effects of Conte ball, because obviously he's going to be so linked to Conte, or do you reckon we're now going to see a different style of play until the end of the season? Yeah, look, I I think roughly it's going to be a a pretty similar setup to what we've seen under Antonio Conte. Look, ultimately, he's an experienced head coach. He has had a slight experience of being a head coach previously, so obviously he'll kind of have maybe some way, you know, some of his own philosophy. But I think ultimately, you know, he's been assistant to, to Conte for a while. He was at Inter Milan, has been at Spurs now. So he's obviously a guy who has been following Conte closely. And and I think it would be kind of wrong to come in and, and completely rip it up as well. I think it'd be very difficult, you know, with, with obviously 10 games left to, to really change things drastically. So I think we are going to see a fairly similar setup to how what we have been doing. Um, I think there will be kind of maybe some slight tweaks. We did see that against Manchester City. Obviously, when he was in charge, when Conte was away, it was a 1-0 win for Spurs. Stellini as well, he's, you know, there has been some games when he has been in charge, just him. And, he, and he's done a pretty good job as well. And um, I do think that also comes down to the fact that he seems pretty well liked by a lot of the players, actually. I remember it was, again, after that Manchester City win, there was a really good atmosphere in the dressing room. Um, us, you know, there was lots of videos after the game of the players really happy. Um, obviously, Harry Kane breaking the record as well. So there was lots of pictures and, and videos coming out of the dressing room. So he seems someone that's that's really well liked. And Conte was definitely the opposite. I think he was a guy who, in his in this season, has, has kind of really let himself down. Obviously, it's been a very difficult personal season for him as well, where he's lost close friends as well. Um, you know, he's been living away from his family. So that, that's not really helped. And uh, I think just generally his mood's not been ideal. And uh, so I think under Stellini, I think it's going to be maybe a bit more kind of lot-hearted. It's going to be slightly less serious as well. And I think that that approach will, might help as well. Ryan Mason, of course, is, is his assistant here. And he's a guy who's, who's very well known in the dressing room. He'll know a lot of these players. Obviously, has previously, um, you know, been the interim boss himself. Um, obviously, when J- Jose Mourinho departed, he came in. So I, I think that this will be, it's, it's, it's a fairly good kind of um, interim appointment, really. It's obviously, it's far from ideal, you know, for a club like Spurs, who at the start of the season, we were hoping to really, really be challenging for the top four, you know, maybe even more. So it's a diff- very disappointing way to end. But uh, I, I think that Stellini and, and Mason can kind of do somewhat of a, a decent job until the end of the season. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's... it's uh, yeah, again, it's just not ideal for, for a club like Spurs to having to be appointing an interim. 
Right, let's go to Spurs' next outing now as they take on Everton at Goodison Park on Monday. So, Craig, is this going to be new manager bounce in inverted commas for the wayside, or is it the worst place that Christian Stellini can restart his time as Tottenham's man in charge? Yeah, I could definitely think of better places for them to start. Um, again, so from my neutral point of view, I think this is a, a great game for me to look at Tottenham and see where they're at and see how this has all affected the team. Um, Everton, we, we all know how Everton are going to play this game. They will do all they can to keep things tight. They'll try and stop Spurs from playing with any kind of pace. Um, they'll generally just be out to try and frustrate Tottenham and, and nick a goal from somewhere, which has worked for them under Sean Dyche already this season. Um, I think if you go to Everton, I think you need character. I think you need determination. And, and I think it's, you can't just rely on your skills to get a win. We're going to see if Spurs are up for this fight, you know, or if they're down in the dumps after Conte's departure. Um, a win, in my opinion... Um, especially if they go and sort of, in many ways, I want them to go and grind out a 1-0 win. Uh, but a win, in my opinion, even more so if it's an ugly win as such, will be a really good positive sign for Tottenham and their fans and a sign that they can sort of continue this real push for the uh, the top four. Um, a timid display where they lot, lot sort of let Everton play the game how they want and maybe sort of bully them to a certain extent and where Everton win. And, and it could be a sign that, you know, this Tottenham dressing room isn't quite all there after the departure of Conte and um, and, and maybe are sort of feeling the effects and, and are getting nothing in terms of a new manager bounce, as you put it, because the people who are in charge are the people who were already there, you know. Um, I want to say Spurs will nick it, and I hope Spurs nick it, but I think this might end up in a draw. Yeah, do you know what? I think you're going to be right on that front. But, Jamie, in terms of the goals in this encounter, what do you make of the over-under market? What takes your fancy here? Yeah, look, just just firstly on Stellini, obviously I did mention him, you know, just briefly earlier. Um, I will say I do think he is much better liked in the dressing room than Conte was. And, and Conte, from everything that we've heard, it seems like it was, you know, there was a big falling out with the players as well. So I think that they will maybe be somewhat of a bounce here. But I do think that this is still going to be a, a very tricky game for Spurs. And I do think it's going to be a, a pretty boring Monday evening of football. I think, you know, Craig mentioned there, Everton are going to, they're going to come here to, to frustrate Spurs, especially at home as well. Um, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go pretty low on the goals. I'm going to go for under 1.5 goals here. I think this will be either a case of, you know, a nil-nil draw or maybe one of the teams nicking it. I can see maybe Spurs nicking it 1-0. I could even see Everton nicking it 1-0. So for me, under 1.5 goals is, is definitely the way I'd go. Um, you, can get that, you get that at 12-5 to 5 as well. So, yeah, I, I think this will be a case of very difficult evening for Spurs. You know, if, if they do win it, it'll be like a 1-0. It's going to be very hard fought one for Spurs, especially under lights at Goodison Park. So uh, I'm going to go for under 1.5, as I said. OK, then we may as well look at another team which has recently changed managers, that being Crystal Palace. They play Leicester in what can only be described as a six-pointer. Craig, are you backing Roy to get his first three or to 31-20? to It's a massive game for Crystal Palace, this. And before we actually touch on this game, let's just say it's the start of an incredible run for them through the month of April. Um, they play Leicester first here, and that's followed up by games against Leeds, Southampton, Everton, Wolves and West Ham, all in the month of April. Um, that could well be the biggest month of football that Crystal Palace have had for a few years at their football club. And they brought Roy Hodgson in because he's familiar and he's the, the man who sort of already knows the club and many of the players inside out. But to me, the downside of that is that familiarity means that he's just going to come back in and step in and, and things are going to sort of continue as they were. And 
I think when you look at the teams that were sort of heading towards the relegation zone, Crystal Palace are the ones who, you know, they, they should be capable of staying out of this. And, and I think maybe a shot going through the dressing room and, and a new manager coming in who nobody knows and who's got different ways would actually be a, a positive for Crystal Palace and sort of maybe whip them up into shape a little bit. I just see see this as as a slightly more riskier option. It could work out for them, you know. Said, said sort of the appointment last week when we were talking last week. It, it's it's a risk if they get off to a bad start because there is no shot going through the dressing room. There's no new manager bounce. There's no, nothing really going to come from Roy Hodgson because he's the familiar guy who's been there and done it before. Um, in terms of the game itself, I think I'm going to go with a draw in this one again. Another game that I fancy a draw of. Um, I think both teams at the minute are playing to a level where they can hold their own against another poor team. Um, but at the same time, do either team look capable of actually winning a football game right now? And, and I think the answer would probably be no. Um, Leicester went away to Brentford last game before the international rate, came away with a very, very good point. Uh, and I think they're going to do the same here. Both teams would love three points. And I think a win would do, do them both the world of good. But ultimately, I don't think either's going to get it. I think it's going to be a draw... Uh, and at the start of a, a massive, massive month, as I said, for Crystal Palace. Well, Jamie, crazy on for the draw. Leicester desperately need a win of their own and may well identify this fixture as the one to get it. So it's 9-5 to five for a away win on Saturday. Can the Foxes snatch all three points? Mm, yeah, I think just on Roy Hodgson, I think it's not obviously not particularly the most inspiring appointment for Crystal Palace, but I do think he'll be kind of tasked with with what he's, you know, he'll he'll get done what he's been tasked with in terms of keeping Palace in, in the division. Um, he does face a very tricky talent challenge though here. Uh, Palace, they've collected just two points from the last six, which is the joint worst form in the league. Um, however, they of course do face a Leicester side who themselves have obviously been very poor recently. They've obviously, them from the last six, they've collected just four points as well. So then of course you factor in their away form. Um, I, I actually think Crystal Palace will come out and nick this one. I think that Roy Hodgson being back um, obviously, the game being at Selhurst Park as well, I think that that might give them just a slight boost as well. Um, Roy Hodgson, as we mentioned previously, has been at Crystal Palace. Um, I think this time around, he actually does have a better team. Um, obviously, I know last last time he was here, did a lot better than kind of where they're at at the moment. And they have been a team that, I pointed out there, last six games have only got two points. So a team that are really struggling at the moment. But I think you look at some of these players... They've been seriously underperforming under under Patrick Vieira as well. So I think Royal Journey can come in and do a job. I think they will have enough to stay in the league. And uh, I do think they'll um, get off to a good start in the week. And, uh, and I'm backing them to win here, Crystal Palace. Bad news for Leicester. But we're going to go bet building once again. And this time it's a massive one. It's Man City versus Liverpool. And we are going to look to construct another winner. So Craig, as always, you're up first. I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Yeah, I'm going to go with a player who's not actually been playing too much recently, but one I do think we're going to see here, and that's Riyad Mahrez of Manchester City. Um, he's been kept out of the starting eleven by Phil Foden's sort of good run of form recently, but Phil Foden's out of this one. Um, I think Mahrez is going to be the man who comes back in, and I think he's going to add a lot of width and pace to the City front line. A very, very talented player on his day, and I just see him as someone who can have success sort of in behind the Liverpool fullbacks, getting into good areas, and and hopefully bagging a goal for us. Um, he's 5-2 to two to score any time. I think City will score in this game and I think they'll win it. I just can't have Haaland at odds on in in our bet builder. Otherwise, the odds do nothing. So I'll go elsewhere and it's it's Mares for me at 5-2. to two. I like the sound of that. Jamie, could you go the over-under on the goals, please? Mm. 
Yeah, well, look, with my pick, I'm definitely fattening the odds here. Um, I, I really like the look of City scoring a couple, or, or, or plenty of goals here. Um, obviously, just before the break, there was some kind of really intriguing form. Um, I thought, obviously, scoring seven past Leipzig. They got six past Burnley as well. So, I thought they kind of looked really impressive just before that break. So, you know, maybe they are kind of getting back to their best as well. Then, of course, you look at this picture in the past. Typically, it's produced a lot of goals. Eight of the last 10 meetings between these two clubs have, have produced four or more goals. Um, so I'm hoping I'm not going to let the bet down here, but I do think it is worth going for, for lots of goals here. And I'm going to go for over 3.5 um, at 6-4. to four. Um, I just fancy lots of goals. And as I said, typically, this, this fixture has produced goals. So, yes, over 3.5 is my pick here. Yeah, that's a very logical shout. This one, not so much, but it could work because I'm going to go with the draw at full time, which if you go with your pick, Jamie, let's say a 2-2 draw, we're all good because the last two league meetings at the Etihad have recorded precisely a stalemate. And when you mix that in with the dreaded 12.30 kickoff, I think that has the potential to really throw a spanner in the works as far as City are concerned. Liverpool aren't the force that they, they were. We all know that. But there's no way they're going to roll over with top four hopes still up in the air. They have to get something from this game. Whether it's three points, I'm not too sure. But I can see them getting at least one. And they'd love to act as spoilers in this season's title race, especially if it means thwarting an old rival. Which is why I back the draw on Saturday lunchtime. OK, then, just to recap our three picks now. Craig has gone for Riyad Mahrez to score any time. Jamie's gone for over 3.5 goals in total. And I've gone for the draw. This one's a big one. It's 28 to 1, which means £10 on the betting slip, £290 in your back pocket if it comes good. Hope it comes good for you. I hope it comes good for us. But let's have a quick chat about the game itself now. Craig, if Man City loses this encounter, or draw, as I've just predicted, will their Premier League title hopes go up in smoke at the same time? Um, I mean, it would it would be an enormous blow if if they did lose it. But having said that, and, and I appreciate what you're saying about the draw, but City have got home advantage here, and I just think they're going to be too strong for Liverpool. Um, the four to seven to win, so so it is a little bit short. But I just think when I look at Liverpool, I look at their the sort of difference between their home and away form recently, um, and I, I just think that you know the the very top end teams they can win home and away and they look the same team. You know, Arsenal, when they've been going through their run this season, they, they've looked the same home or away. Um, I think that's been the difference in Liverpool, what's sort of took them away and sort of well out of the title race, is the fact that away from home, they've not been so good. Um, they failed to score in the last two games away from home against Bournemouth and Crystal Palace. And those offer sort of nothing compared to the test of Manchester City. Yes, their home form has been much better. I just don't think away... They're going to be able to keep up with City here. So, so I, I appreciate what you saying with the draw, but I think it's going to be a, a Manchester City victory um, in this one. I think they're going to win this game with plenty of goals and, and fairly comfortably in the end. Well, there's a clash of thoughts here, but Jamie, this encounter used to be defining for the race in the title. Now Liverpool can only hope for the top four, but would defeat at the Etihad dampen their hopes of a return to the Champions League next season? Yeah, look, I think in this one, I'm going to go with a Manchester City win. I think, as I mentioned just before the break, I thought they looked really impressive, back to their best. Be interesting to see whether Haaland is, uh, you know, is fit to, to make this game. Obviously, concerns over, you know, uh, I think it was a groin injury picked up. 
uh, just before the international break. Withdrew from the, uh, from the Norwegian squad. So interesting to see whether he is back. But even if he isn't back, I think Manchester should have enough still to kind of come in and win, uh, come in here and win this one. Um, and I think just for Liverpool, I think they will be looking at this fixture as maybe one where they've factored in that they probably will come and lose here. Um, so I don't think they'll kind of see it as kind of the end of the world um, if they were to lose this one. Meanwhile, Newcastle, they play obviously Manchester United. So there's going to be potential for them to drop points as well this weekend. Um, so they might be factoring in that. Obviously, the issue, though, is that there is a five-point gap to make up on them. So not really much room forever for, for Liverpool, and especially if they are going to lose this one. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this will be one they factored in that they might lose. But, uh, yeah, I, as I said, I do think Man City come out on top here. I like the way that neither of you have endorsed my bet builder pick, but we'll move on quickly because, Craig, if we're looking at this from a half-time, full-time point of view, how do you see this one panning out on Saturday? Yeah, I love how um, Jamie just mentioned the Haaland injury to try and endorse it as uh, as a genuine injury just before the international break at a time when Manchester City have got potentially 18 games to play in the space of two months and he just so happens to uh, to have a groin injury before the international break. Anyway, um, on to this one. And half-time, full-time. To me, I, I think sort of just sort of generally speaking, there's going to be a lot of teams that see this as, as a real sort of time to get down to business, top and bottom of the table, you know, teams that are sort of coming in for the final stretch, back from the international games. Many teams, I know City aren't one of them, but many teams have got just a league to focus on and nothing else. They know what they've got to do, what games they'll be targeting for wins. And I just see this as a, as a time when I think City are, are sort of really going to switch on. They did play very well, as, as Jamie mentioned, last couple of games before the international break, scoring for fun. And I just get the feeling that, that maybe if a sort of a switch was needed to be flicked, uh, I think now's the time it's going to happen. I think they're going to start fast and I think they're going to score an early goal. And then I think from there, they're going to control the game. Um, So it'd be City half-time, City full-time for me, which is available at 6-4. to Well, Jamie, City are certainly known for their goal-scoring ability. Would you be tempted to back them to score in both halves or odds of 5-4? to Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think Manchester City as well. They've they've, they've scored in both halves in five of their last eight uh, league matches as well. They did so against Leipzig and Burnley, as, as I mentioned in those two games where they scored plenty of goals. They also face a Liverpool side who have conceded 20 times on the travels in the league this season. So I think they'll have more than enough to kind of exploit that defence. Um, and yeah, it's just, just really interesting to see the, the contrast between Liverpool's home form and away form. You know, eight defeats they've, they've suffered this season. Seven of those have come once they've been playing away from home. So yeah, I think Manchester City will certainly be viewing this one as, as one they will win. And uh, as I said, I, I, I really like the look of a Man City win and uh, Scoring in both halves, plenty of goals as well. So I, I think this should be a very exciting game and looking forward to it. OK, then it's time for our long shot acker now. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got mm. for me? Yeah, look, lots of exciting uh, football all around Europe this week. And uh, obviously the big one is, is in Germany. Really, really crucial to- uh, clash at the top of the table between Bayern Munich and uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, I'm actually going to bat Thomas Tuchel to make a strong start to, to life at the Allianz um, and get an, and defeat Borussia Dortmund with a clean sheet uh, at 12-5. to 5. Um, I think he inherits the best defence in the league. Um, obviously, that you know, been really good defensively, been really strong this season. I think even just in the Champions League as well, I saw a stat that Nagelsmann, his team, had conceded just twice in, in uh, eight matches. So they have been defensively really strong. So that's why I do think they can shut Borussia Dortmund out here. Obviously, we know Tuchel as well. Defensively, his sides are usually very strong. So I think he can come in straight away and organise them and get them that clean sheet. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I think this will be a, a Bayern Munich win and uh, I'm backing them to do it to nil at 12-5. to OK, that's a strong start. Craig, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, it's the big game at the bottom of the Premier League for me. Uh, this is on Sunday and I'm going to go for a, a draw between West Ham and Southampton. Uh, two teams who are both struggling to win games but are showing that they're capable of getting the odd point here and there. And that's the scenario that I see happening here. Uh, Southampton are showing more fight. They've drawn away at Old Trafford and at home to Spurs recently as well. Um, it's not great, but it's definitely getting better from Southampton. Uh, West Ham have drawn three of their last six. They also like a draw, but they're also showing inconsistency. Winning 4-0 and losing 4-0 in the space of seven days, not too long ago. Um, it's not the best result for either team. It would suit Southampton more, but ultimately I think both of them are going to have to just accept a point here. So it's a draw between West Ham and Southampton on Sunday, my pick. OK, then I'm going to go to the FA Trophy semi-final between Gateshead and Barnet. So both of these two teams play their trade in the National League and both were in action on Tuesday nights. The host earned a home win over Dagenham and Redbridge. The visitors held high-flying Woking to a draw on the road. So Barnet are in a good run of form when it comes to the National League playoff hopes. Gateshead are starting to pull away from the drop zone. Now, Gateshead ground is not the best of sites as it's got a massive running track around it. And I'm not sure home advantage is going to be a real factor because you can't really hear the roar of the fans. It's kind of in isolation. So with that in mind, I actually think that Barnets and their better league position are going to come out on top and I'm backing that odds of 2-1. to one. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's focus on some more Premier League topics now. And first up, it's Arsenal versus Leeds. Craig, would a home win to nil at odds of 11-10 to 10 be the best way to back the Gunners on Saturday? Yeah, I think it would, Dan. Yeah, the, um, the odds on Arsenal to win this game, the short, the 2-7. to seven, uh, Deservedly so, obviously. Um, I think Leeds are getting better. And I think that's sort of what we've seen recently, just before the international break, is when Leeds have been getting better, they've, they've been a little braver and they've had licence to go forward a little more in games. And that has resulted in them scoring six goals in the last two. But the question I've got here is, can you play that way when you're away at Arsenal, the league leaders? And I don't think they will. I think we'll see Leeds sort of slightly more conservative, um, a little more defensive. I wouldn't say playing for the draw, because I don't think you can go away to Arsenal and defend for 90 minutes and get something. Um, I think Arsenal win this game. And, and yeah, if you're looking for ways to improve the odds, I think perhaps the best way to do so is with a clean sheet. So it'd be Arsenal to win to nil for me, yeah, in this one. I think Leeds have scored, like I said, six goals recently, but that's going to come to an end this weekend. Jamie, on the flip side, Leeds are going to be boosted by an away win at Molyneux before the international break. So is there anything in the double chance odds of 5-2 to two for Javi Gracia's men? Um, I wish there was, but unfortunately, I don't think there is anything in that one, unfortunately. Um, Arsenal's record at the Emirates, just too good this season. Uh, they've won 11, drawn two, and lost us one. Of course, that one coming against Manchester City. Then you, of course, look at Leeds. They've lost nine of their 14 games on the road this season. So a side who haven't travelled very well. And uh, rather interestingly, I've got kind of the same notes as Craig here. I, I fancy another win to nil here for, for the Gunners. Um, so, yeah. I, I, and uh, also Leeds, they've lost uh, lost to nil in five in five of their... Uh, three of the last five away games. There we go. Finally get my words out. Um, so I'm backing them to do the same again here. And uh, obviously, again, Arsenal just really a strong defensively themselves. So, yeah, I like the look when Arsenal win to nil here. OK, then talking of Wolves, they go to Nottingham Forest. And Craig, you mentioned last week that Steve Cooper's men haven't won any of their last six. So are you backing them to come out on top odds of 19 to 10? Yeah, it's a tough one to solve this. And I think if you do come down the side on either sort of either team, then you're taking a bit of a leap of faith, hoping that they can rediscover 
something from a few weeks ago, something we have seen from them. You know, Forest and Wolves have had, both had sort of stages where they look an OK team, but we've just not seen it for a few weeks. Um, home games are hugely important to Nottingham Forest. They're much better in front of their home fans. And when we talk about coming back and, and looking for points, I think this is certainly one they'll have marked off where they need to get something from, uh, a minimum of one point, but ideally three. I think we're seeing a slight dip from Wolves, um, but they're still in a far better shape now than they were at the start of the season when they were absolutely dreadful. Um, ultimately, after thinking about it, I'm going to give Nottingham Forest one more chance before I start to get worried about them. Um, so I'm going to go with a Forest win here, 19-10 to 10 it is. So nearly 2-1 to one for them to, to win a home game, better at home than they are away, and certainly a game they'll have marked off the calendar. Uh, just a final sort of note from me, sort of mentioning Nottingham Forest last week. If Forest do lose this, we go away to Leeds on Tuesday night, uh, lose both of them, and I, I think it really is time for them to start panicking. Now, Jamie, there have been over 2.5 goals in Forest's last four league outings. Are you tempted by a fifth in a row, or are you going to lean towards under or to four to seven? Yeah, I'm going to go for under here, um, and I think that run will come to an end. Um, I actually do fancy Nottingham Forest to just about come on top here, but I do think it's going to be kind of an cagey affair. I think for both teams, very much a must-not-lose not game. So I think that will be kind of um, showed in the approach from, from both as well. But we, we've seen this season, Nottingham Forest, they are, have been very strong at home. These are the games that they will be targeting, and uh, especially against uh, Wolves' side, who have been struggling as well. Uh, Wolves themselves are a team, another team that have been uh, travelling very poorly this season. They've lost eight of their 14 matches. They've scored just 10 times as well on those travels. So I think this will be a team that but probably won't contribute to the goals here. I think Nottingham Forest will just come out on top. You can get a Nottingham Forest win and under 2.5 goals at 9-2. to two. OK, then next up, we're off to the south coast as Brighton play host to Brentford. The Seagulls may get into Europe via the FA Cup, but Craig, can they earn maximum points at 13-20? to 20? Yeah, Brighton v Brentford playing in a 7th v 8th game is probably not how we expected this to look at the start of the season back in August. Um, but both deserve an absolute ton of credit for what they've done so far this year. Um, I think Brighton have been better recently. Not quite the high standards that we saw earlier in the season from them, but, but better for sure. I think the, the way that Brighton were playing sort of go back a couple of months and, and they're playing very well, this now would still be seen as a very successful season if Brighton sort of continue playing as they are doing at the minute and finish mid-table. They're just sort of really overachieving earlier in the season. Um, they've lost just one of their last six and I think they're, they're sort of grinding out wins, proving themselves difficult to beat. Um, just the sort of the general things that you want to see from a team that's around mid-table, the way in which they sort of make themselves, I mean, Brighton's nowhere near the relegation zone, but mid-table teams grind out victories and, and just go on runs where they don't lose too many um, to make sure they stay mid-table rather than getting dragged into the to the relegation zone at the bottom. Um, obviously, there's no, no, no issues of that with Brighton, but just the style of play that I'm sort of referring to over the past few weeks. Um, I think Brentford sort of do deserve a bit of credit, but this is a very, very tough trip. Um, so it's going to be a Brighton win for me, only just um, both teams playing well, both teams certainly overachieving, but ultimately Brighton to get the win. Now, Jamie, since their unbeaten run has come to an end, Brentford have picked up just one point from the last six on offer. So would you be tempted by the draw at 14-5 to five, as the two sides look rather even this season? So how's your take of what's going to happen at the Amex? 
Yeah, look, obviously, that a couple of games that do maybe overshadow this one, obviously Newcastle, Manchester United and, and, and Manchester City versus Liverpool. But I think this should be a really good game of football. Obviously, two sides that have really over overperformed this season. Um, both deserve massive credit. But uh, honestly, I think with this one, I think Brighton should be maybe too strong here, especially at home. Uh, they've won four of their last five uh, matches at the Amex. So a team who you know have been really strong at home. Um, they've also lost just once in the last nine fixtures as well. So they're on a really strong run of form. Yes, Brentford, of course, have got pretty similar sort of form. But I think we, we've seen a slight drop off from them. And as I said, Brighton been very good at the Amex. So uh, I'm back in a win here again for them. Uh, also, I like the look of both teams scoring. And uh, if you combine those two, uh, you get nine to four. And uh, I, I, I do like the look of that one. OK, then let's stay on the south coast as Bournemouth play host to Fulham. So, Craig, it's certainly a must-win game for the Cherries when you consider the relegation battle. Can they achieve such a feat at odds of 6-4, to four, especially with no William or Mitrovic for the Cottagers? Yeah, absolutely huge game for Bournemouth, this one. And, and they have been aided, as you say, by those two injuries. And should those two players have been in the Fulham lineup, then I'm taking Fulham all day here. What I'm actually going to do is still go with Fulham, despite their absence. One of the things that I've mentioned on the podcast before... Um, I think a real part of Fulham's success this season has been due to the fact that they've come up and they've not been a one-man team. In the past, it's been sort of Mitrovic or nothing. And, and if he's not scoring, if he's injured and not playing or whatever, then they really struggle without him. But that's not been the case this season. And that's one of the reasons why Fulham are up so high in the table as they are. And when you look at the price on offer here, Fulham are 9-5, to five, which is almost 2-1. to one. And against a team who I think are sort of destined for the drop, um, it's too big a price to ignore. So I will be far more confident should sort of William and, and Mitrovic be in the lineup. But I'm still going to take Fulham here. Um, I think they're going to beat a Bournemouth team who are going to struggle from now to the end of the season. Um, and I think it's sort of if Fulham do win this, a sign of what they've become, uh, which is more of a well-rounded team who can get by and can win games without their key players. Now, Jamie, when you take those two players out of the equation, who would be getting your nod in the first goal scorer market at the Vitality? Yeah, I do, do you know what, with this one, I do actually think that Bournemouth will come out on top here. Um, I, so I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. I think that this, the, the defeat in the FA Cup is going to have a big kind of impact on this one. Um, I think losing Mitrovic, William, and obviously their manager as well, is, is certainly going to kind of have an effect here. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Bournemouth here. And uh, for that reason, I do like the look of Dominic Solanke kind of getting the getting on the score sheet here. Um, obviously, a guy who's had a bit of mixed form. But uh, I, I, as I said, I do think that he, he'll kind of spearhead Bournemouth getting a good result here. Of course, in their last game at home as well, they, they defeated Liverpool 1-0. Uh, I think three of their last four matches at home, um, they've only suffered one defeat as well. So uh, I think that does stand them in good stead. I think ultimately they probably won't have enough to stay in the division, but uh, I do think they'll get a good result here. And uh, yeah, I said I fancy a, a Bournemouth win and uh, Dominic Solanke is definitely the guy to, to get on the score sheet here. OK, then before we move on, I want a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, it's back to a game that we spoke about a couple of minutes ago, actually. And it's Nottingham Forest to beat Wolves 1-0, which is priced about 15-2. to uh, I've already said I'm going to give Nottingham Forest another chance. This is a game that they will have sort of marked on the calendar. Jamie sort of stole my line, really, when he gave his uh, verdict on the game by saying that it's a game that neither team will uh, will want to lose. So I think we'll see a bit of uh, cautious defensive play from both sides, even though Forrester at home. But ultimately, I think they're going to nick it. I think they're going to find a goal from somewhere. I think it's going to be a very narrow Nottingham Forest win. So it's 1-0 to me, 15-2. to OK, then, Jamie, what correct score mm. are you hoping for this weekend? 
Yeah, I'm going to look to kind of the, the rematch of the Carabao Cup final between Newcastle and Manchester United. Obviously, in the Cup final, we saw Man United come out on top. But uh, I think Newcastle are in a much better place now. Um, so I do think they'll get something from this. I think Manchester United will be to kind of uh, strong here to get an, get something. I think going away to St James's Park now is going to be a difficult trip. So I think this will be a case of both teams kind of cancelling each other out. Um, yes, Newcastle maybe have, have been struggling for goals um, over the last couple of matches, but we did see them come back with that um, really impressive win against Nottingham, uh, Nottingham Forest. Obviously, Alexander Rizak getting on the score sheet. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think we could be in for a really exciting Sunday Sunday evening here between these two teams. I'm going to go for a tool draw uh, between Newcastle and Manchester United, and you can get that at 14-1. to 1. Top shouts on you both. And, of course, check out freebets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's mop up some more Premier League headlines now. First up, we're off to Tyneside as Newcastle play host to Manchester United. The Magpies return to winning ways before the international break. But Craig, can they exact revenge for their recent EFL Cup final defeat? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that Jamie's just said that he's fancy the draw in this one. Um, I, when, when I sort of put my notes together for this show, the day before, I have a quick flick through the questions and, and write some notes down. And the note I wrote last night was that Newcastle will gain revenge here. Um, I've logged on this morning to get the finer details and looked at the betting markets and I've completely changed my mind because of the, uh, the price that's on offer for Manchester United. Um, Newcastle seem to be getting to the sort of kind of levels we saw earlier in the season and when you look at the motivation for this game, they've got it sort of two ways in my opinion. They've seen Spurs struggle and sack the manager who they're up against in the top four race and obviously they're going to want to get one over on the team that beat them in the cup final not too long ago. But having said all of that, Manchester United are almost two to one to win this. Uh, Nineteen to ten they are, and to me, I just can't leave them alone at that price against sort of pretty much anyone other than maybe Manchester City and uh, and Arsenal. I, I would back Manchester United all day long at that price away from home. And um, yes, they were thumped at Liverpool. They struggled against Southampton after that, but they've won in Europe since. And key to me for this one is they've had the international break, a change of pace, chance to go away for a few days sort of regroup, get the heads together and come back. Um, it's the odds that sway me, but almost two to one, I just can't leave Manchester United alone. So it's Manchester United for me. Well, Jamie, I was going to ask you about whether both teams not scoring mm. at 11 to 10 was going to be your pick. But with your correct score, you've kind mm. of gone automatically for yes at four to six. So are you sticking yeah. with that? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think one interesting factor here in terms of both teams scoring, Marcus Rashford, of course, we saw him um, pull out of the England squad uh, with a knock. I do actually think that Manchester United probably have, have maybe pulled him out to kind of, uh, you know, to keep him under wraps here at, at Manchester United. They've got so many games left and I think they'll want him to kind of be fully fit. They won't want him to kind of put more pressure on him. So I do think he will be good to play in this game. Um, I, I think in terms of Newcastle, um, you know, we have mentioned that, that maybe recently they had been struggling for goals, but... I did think that they were really impressive in, in that game against Nottingham Forest. Maybe they should have scored more, but look, I thought they were spearheaded in the attack by Alexander Rizak. I thought he is a really, really good player and uh, maybe a guy who who's finally finding his feet in England. Um, I think he's going to have a really good career at Newcastle and uh, I think he can certainly get on the score sheet here. Um, so, yeah, I can definitely see both teams scoring. And um, also, you actually look at Newcastle. Yes, we, we said they have struggled for goals. But at home, they've been averaging just over two goals per game. And uh, as I said, I do think they will score twice here. I think Manchester United should be good for a couple of goals here. So, yeah, I, I just think everything kind of points towards a high scorer and uh, both teams scoring. OK, then let's pivot back to Saturday now as Chelsea hosts Aston Villa. 
Now, Craig, I said a few weeks ago that Aston Villa had nothing to play for, but if they can earn an away win at odds of 5-1, to one, are they suddenly a part of this season's European conversation? Yeah, to be honest, I think both teams will probably see this as as a win here is the first step on a run that, that could take them into European contention and further up the table and sort of finishing the, the league season with credit. Um, but I don't think Aston Villa will take all three points here. Um, very short in the betting for a team that I don't really trust, but I'm going to go with Chelsea. Um, I thought sort of they, they got through in the Champions League. I think that was um, a big sort of statement to get through to the next round. They've won two and drawn one of the last three league games. They're here after a break, a chance for players to sort of get away from club life, uh, for, for many of their players anyway. So I just think that sort of things are setting up for Chelsea to have a half-decent end to the season. Um, so it's a Chelsea win for me. It wouldn't surprise me, as I said, if we saw a, a different Chelsea team between now and the end of the season than the one that we saw, what, maybe four weeks, six weeks ago that were really struggling. Um, it's going to be a tough ask. I think Aston Villa are difficult to break down. They're in good form themselves. A close game, but ultimately I think Chelsea's going to edge it. Jamie, if you were looking at this game for May results and over-under combination, what would you be advising the listeners to back before the weekend? Yeah, well, look, firstly, I'm going to say I'm going to back a draw here. Um, I, I think for Chelsea, look, Graham Pottery, maybe they might be a bit some let up. Obviously, we know they're involved in the Champions League and they want to do well there, but... Graham Potter, he's very much fighting for his job and, and looking to keep that. So very little room for error here. So certainly don't see Chelsea kind of maybe looking to discard this one. Um, however, they do face an Aston Villa side who have lost just once um, in the last six away matches. That defeat came against Manchester City. Um, then you look at Chelsea. They've dropped points in four of their last six matches at Stamford Bridge as well. So uh, I do think the same will happen here. Then we look at kind of um, in terms of both defences. Chelsea, we know for the majority of the season, have been very strong. Villa, sometimes under Unai Emery, their, their approach has been somewhat pragmatic. I think there has been a little bit of a pickup in terms of their defensive form as well. So I think this is going to be a draw and a low scoring one. So I'm going to go for a draw under 2.5 goals at uh, 15 to 4. Okay, then we have another six pointer this weekend as West Ham play host to Southampton on Sunday. So, Craig, you've already mentioned that you fancy the draw. If that is the case, is that going to dent West Ham's hopes of survival? It is, yeah, especially at home. I think we're at the we're at the point of the season where we're almost at the stage where teams down at the bottom don't want draws. I think this will be a good point for Southampton, but ultimately, in a couple of games' time, you know, wins are what keeps you safe. Um, for now, home games are incredibly important, so this is a home game for West Ham. So yeah, it would be a massive dent to their chance if if they didn't get a win here. And, and as I sort of already mentioned, I think this game's going to end up sort of fall, going out into a draw in, in the end. Um, I just get the feeling that both teams aren't actually good enough to come here and, and take all three points. West Ham, inconsistency is an issue with them, but they are drawing games. And as I said earlier on, Southampton, to me, are showing a little bit more fight and it's better. Um, but it's still not great. You know, they still look, look a very average team. Um Neither team, I think Southampton would like a draw here, but both teams know that over the long run, draws are not what keep you safe. You know, you need to win games. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not going to help either, but I do think this game's going to end up being a draw. Now, Jamie, as we know, the Saints pegged back Spurs only recently. Can you see him being good for a draw? Odds of 5-2. to two? <laughs> Yeah, well, look, I wouldn't read much into Spurs dropping points <laughs> at the moment. Um, but, look, I, I think Saints... On the travels, again, another team who have been pretty poor. They've lost three of their last five away matches. Um, so I think that will play a factor. 
Then you look at West Ham as well. They've actually kind of, they're undefeated in, in their last four home matches. So a little decent run at home there for them. And I think for that reason, I do think I will lean towards a, a West Ham win here. I think I've I mentioned previously, I think this West Ham team, they should, be, they should have enough quality in that squad to stay up. Um, and obviously David Moyes, big pressure on him for this one. And uh, I think they will just about have enough to, to beat Southampton here. Right, before we go, we're going to take a quick trip to the Bundesliga and the Klassiker because Bayern Munich host Borussia Dortmund in the top-of-the-table clash. Talk about a baptism of fire for Thomas Tuchel. Craig, can he lead his new charges back to the top of the table with a win at odds of 1-2? to two? Now, for a clash of this size, those odds are rather skinny. Yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Dan. Um, are Bayern the most likely winners of this game? Probably yes. Uh, but are they value at 1-2 to two with everything that's sort of gone off around the club? over the past few days, then, then in my eyes, certainly not. Um, I don't think Dortmund will, will go here and play for a draw, but that would definitely suit them. Um, and that's actually my pick. It's 4-1 to one for the draw, which seems huge. Um, it's a game where both teams are in good form. It's a game where when you look at the two teams, yes, Bayern are the better team, but you just wonder how things have gone for the past sort of week or two within the club and how ready that team will be under Tuchel to to come out and fire in his first game, but in a game of, of this magnitude. Um, so I do think that evens it out a little bit. I think the odds just give Bayern a bit too much credit at the moment, really. Um, so I'll go with a value and go with a draw at 4-1. to one. Jamie, you mentioned a Bayern win still earlier. Can I not tempt you with a Dortmund win at 5-1? to one? <laughs> um, an interesting one. I think obviously we saw in in the last meeting between these two sides, or previously in the season, ended in a two draw. So look, Dortmund they've obviously managed to get something from this this fixture previously. Um, but I just think that Bayern's kind of home record this season, they are undefeated at the Allianz this season. I think that that stands them in good stead as well. And look, I, ju I just look at Thomas Tuchel. He just seems. I think it's very hard to say because I think Nagelsmann did a, did a fantastic job this season, obviously, especially in the Champions League. Uh, but I do think that Tuchel is probably a better fit for this team. I think he's a better fit for this squad as well. There was obviously real issues behind the squad with, with Nagelsmann, maybe a bit to do with his age, maybe kind of his attitude as well. And I think Tuchel is, is very much the opposite of that. He's a very well-respected manager, obviously a guy who's, who's, who's won the Champions League previously, done very well at uh, different clubs as well. So I think he's going to come in and give this team an instant lift. And I just think with the game being the Allianz, that really does stand in Bayern's favour. So uh, unfortunately, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Bayern Munich win here. Okay then, it's time for our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, we combine it into an acre, we try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens, and let's see if we can get another winner over the line. So Craig, you're up first. What have you got for me? Yeah, it's League One for me, Dan, and it's Peterborough to beat Oxford, a prize that's that's much, much bigger than what I expected to get. Uh, Peterborough 10 to 11 to win this game, and it's very much a case of, of two teams that are going in the opposite direction at the minute. Uh, three wins on the bounce for Peterborough, as they look to get into the playoffs. And that included a massive 2-0 win over Derby, one of their playoff rivals last weekend. Um, Oxford, uh, Oxford, sorry, on the other hand, they're without a win since January the 21st, uh, which is two months, just over two months. And since then, it's been two draws and nine defeats for them. Uh, relegation is now a real possibility. They're just two points clear of the relegation zone. Uh, they did draw last weekend, but that came against Morecambe, another team who were down there in trouble and fighting for their lives. Uh, Peterborough's good run of form, home advantage. It's just them for me to continue their push for the playoffs and win this one. OK, then, Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? 
Yeah, I'm going to go to Italy for my pick. I'm going to go for an Inter Milan win over Fiorentina at four to six. Um, Inter Milan, they come into this one third in Serie A at the moment. Uh, they've won 11 of their 14 home matches this season. They face a Fiorentina side who have been picking up recently, but uh, they're still ninth in the table. And uh, I think with Inter Milan, obviously looking to secure their place in, in the Champions League uh, this season, I think that they will be good to win here. And uh, as I said, Inter Milan will uh, win against Fiorentina at four to six. Okay, then I'm off to the Premier League as Brighton play host to Brentford. Both teams are in the mix for European football next season. You get the feeling only one of them is going to be successful in their bid, which means Saturday's result is going to go a long way to defining who ends up on the continent in September. Brighton are quickly becoming everyone's second favourite team and have not only earned seven points for the last nine on offer, but they've also reached the FA Cup semi-finals. Brentford, on the other hand, have seen their lengthy unbeaten run come to an end and I'm not sure they are the same force that they were a month or so ago, which means I'm backing the home win odds of 7-10. to 10. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets takes your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website and now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. Craig, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Yeah, thanks very much, Dan. Really looking forward to uh, getting back involved with the, the Premier League football and, and elsewhere. I'm going to make sure I tune in for that um, Bayern and Dortmund game as well on, on Saturday evening. Should hopefully get back in the house for about 20 to 6, so I'll miss the first 10 minutes. So hopefully it's nil-nil after 10 and I can watch the rest of it. Oh, he's got Saturday sorted there. And Jamie, thanks for your time sharing your betting insights with me and I believe you're off for two weeks now. Yes, obviously, I've got my little international break here. Um, but look, um, just trying to hide myself from Spurs at the moment. <laughs> I'm sure in those next two weeks, not a lot's going to go on at Spurs. I'm sure it'll be perfectly normal two weeks at Spurs. Um, but look, it's just, yeah, I, I can't really kind of explain the state of that club at the moment. Obviously, no sporting director, no manager, um, maybe no striker, no key striker for next season with Harry Kane. So, uh, yeah, really great fun as always supporting Spurs. I said I'd, I would love to come on, come on loan to, to Barnsley for the rest of the season and, and look for that promotion push. Um, so I think that that's certainly what I'll be doing for the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, obviously lots of exciting football to be uh, looking ahead to this weekend. I'm going to be not letting Spurs ruin that. Obviously, Newcastle, Man United is going to be exciting. We mentioned the class in Germany as well. Manchester City, Liverpool is going to be another good game. Um, so lots of good football to look forward to. Cheers, mate. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.